0: Welcome to the new day, my fellow thinkers. How's your week going? I'm coming to you from clammy, dank, lurking Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Logan Eldine-Mistledine, and welcome to this week's pot So this week, of course, is another adventure in the woods. So I don't know if this is going to be one of my more popular type of episodes, or if this is just going to be one of my more favorite or well-structured or whatever kind of episodes if you guys really enjoy these adventures in the woods like this is i think one of the things that i might focus on more in this podcast just something that's so important to me and always has been so i'd love some feedback on that if you guys really enjoy it or if you don't like if anybody has the gumption to talk to me go ahead I, I'll, I'll listen and you know i'm 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 doing this for me of course but i'm also just wondering you know what actually are people interested to because i do want people to listen to this it's part of it but i'm gonna keep going until i hear something so anyway um, for, as anything like weekly announcements, uh, or weekly updates on my life, uh, nothing too much, just getting geared up for the 4th of July, got my brother-in-law's birthday coming up, woo woo, shout out to Angel, but, um, <laughs> other than that, in the 4th of July, you know, praise America, America everybody, hell yeah, let's get this part running, um, I'm excited. Um very patriotic myself, obviously. But, you know, I'm just, at this point, I'm just trying to survive the cottonwood infections. I, I swear these little cotton ball fluffs just that come from these trees, I swear I just suck them up in my sleep somehow, or like when I'm not paying attention. That's like, they just like create this like, this boogery substance that I just end up having to pick every day and all day long, you know? Like, just go to the bathroom and just start blowing my nose like crazy. I swear it's, they're just getting lodged in my nose. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, I'm sure they'd probably have a lot of protein if I ate them, but I don't, so don't, 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 don't accuse me of that. Um, other than that, uh, I started off this week with a question of where is your favorite place, like outdoors, or if um, there's any like maybe not a favorite place, but a place that like replaces something in you that you need that gets taken away sometimes, or you know, I, I guess if you don't ever get to the outdoors or never have been, or you just don't have a place like that, I guess you could go back and comment on how some place within the city does a similar thing for you outside of your normal environment, that you can get out of your own space for a while, You're out of your own head and, and meditate. I guess that'd be the best way to describe it. And so, and I did pose another question of saying, you know, would you rather be in the mountains or would you be the, in, in a forest stream? And personally, I've enjoyed being in forestry more often, even though they are kind of connected a lot of times. But that's besides the point. That's just something I just wanted to say. Um, Anywho, and thanks to anybody who commented on that or chose a decision. I I, I enjoy you guys' feedback. I, I I enjoy the places that you like to be. I you know I'm not gonna make fun of anybody who gets you know enjoyment out of a certain space. You know I'm I'm not, I'm not that way. But the reason I'm bringing this up, because, yes, it's another adventure in the woods. Um, but this one specifically is going to be about one of the, my original favorite outdoor spaces to be in that gave me a lot of what is in my life, and that would be uh, at a scout camp called Camp Lowell. And so after a short little intermission, uh, I'm going to start talking about that a little bit more. So thanks for listening, everybody. <whistles> All right. Thanks for sticking around everybody. So Camp Wool everybody. All right. So the thing with Camp Wool is that it was the very first scout camp I'd ever gone to. All right. So with in the scouting program, which is uh a program that uh is is established uh since uh well, you know what? I really can't give you all the exact nitty-gritty details like dates and stuff when it was established right now because I don't have anything open right now but it was a it, w- it was set up long long ago 1900s i believe and essentially what it is it's a it's more of an organization than a program for young men ages from 12 to 18 well now young women which in another podcast i'll explain my opinions and explain more about that um of of young men and they would have um uh, essentially um uh, they would have programs and activities and things to do in nature to give structure and a sense of purpose and teamwork and all that kind of good jazz. A lot of leadership training while also connecting with nature and learning how to be self-sufficient self self uh, self-sufficient and all sorts of things. And there's, you know, I'll explain another podcast more in, in depth of what scouting really is. I don't really want to go too far into it now. I was a Boy Scout myself, obviously, so... I didn't make it to Eagle Scout, but that's more of the story I'll tell later. But basically, there's there's Boy Scouts and then there's Cub Scouts, where it's like uh, from 8 years old to 11 years old, maybe a little bit younger than that. You're in Cub Scouts, which is essentially the more kid-friendly version of the Boy Scouts. So not as physically um, taxing, but you still get the kind of same gist. Same amount of structure, same type of structure, this, this, and that. And so, I remember that when I was eleven, my dad became the scoutmaster of the troop, of our troop, and he. And if you are eleven years old, you can go with a parent or guardian. You can uh, to a year early to scout camp, and that's what I ended up doing with him. I ended up going with him, and I remember this one being one of well, I would say that yeah, it is the first big trip I'd taken with my dad, quote unquote, alone. Um, and from the very get go, it was a huge formative experience, um, from all of this. And well, the, the story I'm going to give one more preface here, sorry. And I know this is really janky, but, uh, uh, the, the, I've gone to camp a twice and each time was a huge experience for me, but yet because there was so much packed into it, it was so long ago and I was such a hormonal, emotional person back then. Uh, I'm kind of consolidating all these memories into one excursion because I can't really differentiate when it happened with what. So, because, like, they were both so close together, my mind has a hard time really breaking this up, and I usually have really good memory with my stories, but this one, for whatever reason, this probably be a shorter podcast, too. Um, or episode. Uh, just because I'm kind of faltering on my, my 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 intellect real quick. But, so, just with that. So I I do distinctly remember the first and only the first trip uh, driving trip out there. I remember it was so formative to me because uh, there's a band called the Aquabats. And if, you know, for all my ska punk brothers and sisters, I'm one of you, like, shout out, like, let's go, ska for life. Um, Essentially what ska is is pop, or it's not pop, but it's it's punk music, like, with slight, sometimes infusion of reggae, but predominantly just... It's normal like punk rock but with brass instruments like saxophones and trombones and all that. Essentially if you think about it it's a a, bun- a bunch of band nerds, band geeks that got together and made a punk band. That's essentially the premise behind it. Obviously it's much more in depth. But I remember that's for the first place I ever heard them and, it was, and the Aquabats themselves are a pretty chi- childlike band. They have a, a, a lot of fun. They dress up like superheroes and a lot of their songs are kind of gimmicky and hilarious but they're much they're, they're they're very they're very good it's very good it's not it's not tacky at all i mean it's 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 done very well in a very grown-up way so to speak so i remember me and my dad connecting through that and kickstarting one of my foundational uh, experiences in my genre of music that i prefer to listen to so on there's that trip and camp lowell is in wyoming which is a large western state a lot of open plains in, in the western part of that state uh, there's a region called the Teton Mountain Range or part of the Rocky Mountains, but it's they're glorious or gorgeous mountains and Campbell is nestled only however many miles away from these mountains. And so I remember driving and I remember the next predominant thing in my mind from this trip would be seeing just the Teton Mountains in the horizon out of all those flat grounds around us. You can literally see just this crown of these glorious mountain peaks just jutted out from this into the sky and from a, a long distance away and it was just absolutely just ah, like striking in awe. and so um and then coming into camp on the outskirts of camp there's a there's a famous little pond that's covered in lily pads and so you take a picture there and then you keep going i remember just just it just one after another one another um uh, mystical natural wonderment of of these little landscapes and just these little these little picturesque moments. I remember just just them etching themselves into my brain. I just was loving every single moment of it. Um, and so we finally got into camp. And if you don't know how scout camps are established, usually there's like one like I mean there's there's separate campsites for separate troops, um, sporadically all across, intermingled with paths and um, paths and routes to. Uh, to little, uh, either, either amphitheaters or little clearings in the woods for specific merit badge classes that you take throughout the week. And then there's a main mess hall slash, um, flag, uh, like flag amphitheater kind of thing, like open, like flag ground or like, uh, where, you know, we all meet up in the morning. And so after we got all our stuff unpacked, at least, and someone set up that, that night, first night. All of us as troops, we gather and we file and rank and have our troop flags set up. And they have flag ceremonies every morning and every night. And the staff, um, which range from ages 13 to as old as you can be, and still get out into the woods or whatever and, and participate. Um, they're in their own separate uniforms. They they, uh, they they keep things in order, obviously, and they all have their individual jobs. But they also are hugely entertaining for everything, and so there's usually, every night, there's a specific type of skit, or something, something like Saturday Night Live, but less tacky. Uh, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> but, also, songs, they teach you songs, they also teach you skills and tasks, and just have other announcements of safety, and and just, uh, and, and speeches, things that to get you inspired, and to get you in, in ready for the week, and they do this every morning and every night. And, um, and so um i remember just laughing my ass off just loving all these 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 staff members they they seemed so old even the younger ones seemed so cool and old and looking back in now i I realize they're probably my age and younger complete dorks but i just remember being so impressed with these kids and you know how hard working they were at this and so um dinner is provided but you have to cook it yourself In some scout camps they cook it for you and then you just dish it out but this is one of the camps where you brought the food back to camp and you cooked it individually not individually but like as as a troop individually so in units and so on top of on top of the flag ceremonies there's also little competitions of how clean your camp is how how orderly you you are and how early you get there and and other things and all sorts of little little uh, objectives you as a troop can work as a team to achieve um and and and, and usually every day there's a different task to be had that's usually pretty tr- traditional and so um I remember after getting over all the homesickness some kids wanted to go home we consoled them I ended up trading out, getting out of the mm, the tent with me and my father and we went and I went with uh one of my friends and we we camped together that whole week and I I helped him through a lot of that homesickness and that that missing and and then that separation anxiety um but and so, like I mentioned, there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of merit badge classes. So, in Scouts, you're, you, you, you've, you complete little courses and you complete little booklets and you do activities in order to earn a badge, a little patch. And the, the, they range from anything from outdoors to more philosophical stuff like being a good citizen. And like, what is a good citizen in the world? What is a good citizen in your town? What's a good citizen in your state or your country? And so they have all these different objectives, anything from speeches to archery to crafts to mammal studies. I remember um of course, as everybody is obsessed with the rifle range, we all love shooting, and we all love the twenty twos and all that thing and i mean i'm I mean being eleven years old and younger i I was very anxious and uh still have some anxieties about going to right the scouting rifle ranges from some bereavement that I've had before and stuff, but like it's all started then but i I love it very much and a quick side note: It took me from being 11 years old to almost 18 years old to actually get my rifle merit badge. It, I don't know why. I oh, my my accuracy was always so terrible at scout camp. I don't understand why. I could never accomplish the small little feats. But it took me and my my my, my one of my younger brothers, being competitive with one another, for me to actually achieve this. I don't understand why that happened. I don't. I, I'm I'm a failure essentially. But remember that week, the first merit badge that I got. In general was and i'm gonna flub up the name so hardcore right now it's it had to it, essentially what it was it was um like wildlife wildlife management slash like like eco, essentially it was an ecology one it was ecology i mean I, I know that's a separate one as well but it was it was it was along those lines we're just learning about how the rules of nature and wildlife coincide with one another like different how uh uh Ecosystems work, and, and and within specific animals aspects, it was just something along those lines, and it really inspired a real scientific love for nature that I hadn't had at that point, and just loved learning about how the everything connected. And I actually I actually did all the homework because me and homework don't get along. I don't know why. Like I can do everything in class, but as soon as like there's a pamphlet, there's as soon as there's something I gotta uh, achieve, even like ten minutes outside of class, I I can't do it. I'm like just just let me do it right now, but. And so all the other classes I took, I took archery. I sucked even worse at, than, sucked shit than anything else. I, I'm a terrible archer, or boy, or whatever it is. I, I, I can't at all hit anything with any sort of accuracy. Um, so if if we need a Hunger Games, I'm not your Katniss. But, I um, I, I very much enjoyed in, in uh, troops from all over the state, all over the region, even sometimes the country, uh, come two different scout camps and camp Lowell is a somewhat famous one. Uh, it's very beautiful, very old. It's one of the oldest ones, as far as I know. Um, I should look this stuff up, but that's not what this is about. But, and so I remember making a lot of good friends, um, that obviously have never seen again, but you know, within, you know, one another, just, just social connections, teamwork, and learning how to deal with one another and getting over the human tribalism of you're in a different troop. I'm in a different troop. Let's fight. Um, which happens sometimes, but I remember the first, because th- th- there are, so outside of the classes, outside of the morning and evening rituals, there are several uh, major activities planned for the week. Um, like, there, I'm, I'm going to name them off, and I'm going to go over my experiences with them, at least from what I remember from the first year, and then I'll go into what I remember being the second year. Um, so the first thing that I remember is the Highland games, which every year there might be a different kind of thing where it's all the troops come together and compete under a theme. But the year that the two years that I was there particularly, or at least the first year was the Highland games, which is the Scottish games where you throw rocks, you throw logs, you complete feats of, of strength against one another and and similar things. Um, obviously not true to Scotland, but remember there was that and then there was the, ah, oh, shit, the two-mile swim, I believe. So essentially, you, you, whatever lake you have there, you essentially swim two miles. And then sometimes there's an Iron Man run or whatever they call it, something like that, where you, you swim, run, and shoot, which is entertaining as well. They might have that depending on where you go. And then they also have the the bonfire night where there's skits upon skits upon uh, stories, scary stories, friendly stories, loving stories, um... Compassion and 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 sometimes teamwork within troops. Sometimes troops put on skits themselves. And then, other than that, there's also at least at Camp Lowell when I was there, they had uh, a specific hike day where all the classes were shut down, and that entire day, you, you as a troop could go on one of three hikes from varying difficulty. And <clears throat> I'll go over those in a minute. But so the first thing was was the Highland Games, and this was. this was a blast we painted our face with ash and berries as best we could and we got super into it sleeveless shirtless It was a cold murky day even in the middle of july because it was raining um this was a really rainy week we only had like two days of sun out of the five or six that we were there so we didn't give a shit we we were so pumped and so um I threw logs. I threw rocks. Obviously me as scrawny 11, little 11-year-old I couldn't do as much, but I I knew I did more than anybody anticipated me doing. Um that's not a humble brag. That's just I was surprised myself. But I remember that the screaming, the shouting, we were all chanting and someone had a really good Scottish accent and he was pretending or maybe he was Scottish, I don't remember. But you know, he was he was calling the shots, he was doing everything, he was he was calling it all out and I um and there, there's a game that's obviously not very Scottish, but it's a game called, like, Steal the Bacon, where two lines, two teams line up facing one another, and there's a, 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 a strap of leather, a strap of bacon, there's a, a thing of ribbon, a thing of rope, whatever, some soft piece of rope or fabric, basically, that represents the bacon. And so each other side gets numbered. So one, two, three, four. And so when the the officiator of the game calls out the number four, but the number four from each team has to rush in and try to grab the bacon and bring it back to their team without being touched before the other one touches them or gets it themselves, obviously. So it, it, that's the whole point. It's kind of like Red Rover and tug of war mixed together. And so I remember getting in a very testy fight with, with one other kid who was cheating and who was calling me names. <laughs> I remember my dad getting between us and, and it, 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 we didn't actually fight, but we started getting really, really aggravated with one another. Um remember calling him names, him calling me names, and yeah, I mean, we were just getting caught up in the competition so hardcore. Um, obviously, there was tug of war and stuff there as well. So that was a huge night. That was one of the first nights we were there. Um, and so, and then we, um, and then the two mile swim. I believe it was a two mile swim. I believe, or maybe it's a mile swim. I could be messing this up. Obviously, I'm very foggy on this, but. With Camp Lowell, there is the Lake in the Woods, which is a very famous, pristine, beautiful glacier-fed, not glacier-fed, but just mountain-fed lake. It's, very, it's not man-made. It's very natural. It's gorgeous, and the, the water is so ice-cold. I don't know what it is with the East Coast, but the water is not nearly as cold as it is out west, up in the high elevation. And I remember, this is the middle of July, folks, and the week before we went up there, there were still chunks of ice from that winter floating about. They had just melted the week before we got there. So that's gives you an idea of just how frigidly cold this, this water was. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to do this swim. I'm going to do this. But for that, we ate dinner. I don't know why I ate dinner before this, but should have waited. Didn't know anything back then. But with dinner, they gave us cans of chili and it seemed it was either expired or was these huge pots of Giant military surplus cans of chili, and it was delicious. But when it was cooking, um, it just looked like blood was rising to the top, and we called it moose blood chili because the 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 animal moose is a very symbolic thing at um camp. Well, so we called it moose blood chili, and we just devoured this chili. This this blood-ridden uh, testosterone-filled chili. It was it was disgusting. But I remember I was doing the swim, and with the swim, essentially, what you had to do was. Go from one end of the lake. I think you had to... You didn't lap the lake. It was too big. I think you crossed it back and forth. Either once or twice. And I remember getting... Whatever it was, I remember getting halfway through. And obviously people were in canoes to help people. Because this wasn't natural like... You can't really just like kind of flub it. You can't just kind of swim in a circle. Like you got to have people being lifeguard. I remember all of a sudden getting so sick from the frigid cold and getting so my stomach was in knots. Like I don't remember feeling pukey, but I remember it was in nuts from all this effort and this cold and uh, my eleven year old body just being overtaken by the, the the chilling power and I just I remember just puking and just 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 barfing up all this blood chilly, and just oh I, I just couldn't continue on any further. And I felt really embarrassed, but I tried really hard. Um I remember that, but I remember still getting uh, something like a congratulations or a patch or something. I remember. I don't know. I don't know. Some, some sort of trophy that I didn't want. But um, And so that, that was that night. And then and then on top of that, there's also a thing called the polar bear swim or polar bear challenge, which anybody knows is you either get up really early in the morning when it's super cold and you jump in the cold water. And you try to survive, quote-unquote, as long as possible, just, to, just as a challenge. Some people do it as a, as a what do they call that, uh, an activist thing where you go and you, you do it for a cause. Um, but within Scout Camp, you just do it because it's a challenge. And so, and out here in the East, I don't know what it is, but it's not really that much of a challenge. Because every lake I've done out here, like, the air is colder than the water. And so, it's just a relief to get in the water, but with LOL and I don't mean to brag. I'm not really trying to be bragging, like, oh, is better. Like, uh, like every time I start mentioning things, my wife is always like, wow, just go back go back out west where it's all better. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm not trying to do this. I'm just trying to be honest. Like, just believe me. It's colder out there. Like, if you want a real challenge, go out west. You know, just be a mountain man. I, I don't care. I mean, there's obviously things you can do. I mean, like, sit in a bathtub, whatever, with ice, but whatever. But with Lowell, what was special about Lowell was that the challenge was done on this small like maybe eight foot tall waterfall but the waterfall was like 32 degrees like chilling and they set up like a, a natural log bench and you get in there and you just you, you try to sit in for at least 10 seconds you try to sit in there for at least 10 seconds and it was hard i remember going for 15 and just being like oh this is a mistake once again oh give me out give me out give me out give me out and i just i remember just loving it. i did it like over and over again i just loved this challenge. But, I mean, that that's that's their challenge. So those are, like, the water challenges. And then after that day, which I'm assuming is either Tuesday or Wednesday out of the days. Oh, I'll get so befuddled in my head. But then there's the, the day hike. And so there are three options. There's obviously a very short hike. There's a very medium hike. And there's a very hard, strenuous, long hike. Varying from, I think, five miles total, like, round trip. To, I believe, maybe 12 miles round trip, I think, is the, the longest one. Obviously, not too terribly huge, but it's a day hike, so you're not trying to really kill yourself. But, and staff members guided you on these, on these trips, because sometimes, it, so there was, I think, old, I think the easiest one was trailed, and then I think the other two were excursions, just purely backcountry excursions. And so, I remember our, our camp counselor, essentially, Love the guy. He was a very fun guy. Um, but he had forgotten a map and compass. Which this this sounds like such a horrible Boy Scout story. Like, we forgot our camp and compass. It was raining. We had forgotten so much shit. We had... We got... I'm just spoiling the story. But we got lost at some point. A couple points. And so our objective... We did the medium hike. So the objective was a thing called... Uh, peak? Peak? Uh, pike? Peak? Pike? Peak? shit oh man i'm totally blanking on what it was i know it was it was like pike's peak or something like that something like that not not the pike's peak but like a pike's peak which is still huge of a, of a peak <laughs> sorry i'm like tongue twisting here and so we got on it was we started in the morning it was raining downpouring uh i remember uh you know picking uh huckleberries along the way learning finally what kind of berries to eat and which one not to eat and just engorging myself and drink as much water and with my my tarp my red my 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 pretty red tarp that i love being little 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 masculine uh little red riding hood and we uh we 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 finally made it into out of like essentially the thick thick piney forests and by the way this is where i get my love of piney forests because there was so much just this this evergreen growth everywhere it was just so beautiful to me and it, it, one of my first senses of wonder so this is where it kind of all began I I've mentioned this podcast before, I think. But we finally got out of it and kind of went into the more open, kind of meadowy stuff. I remember we just, we just would stop constantly, just like, hey, where are we? Where are we? Are we lost and we lost? So we essentially made what I think would be like maybe an eight-mile hike. We made it into a, like a 15-mile a hike by the end of it. But we got to. I remember uh making up nicknames for one another, telling stories romping around old logs up and down hills just for the pure hell of it just wasting energy because we didn't think it was that long of a hike and i remember we got to pike's peak and it was so steep to my 11 year old body it was immeasurable we got to the like it was already steep like going up and down these rolling hills of this meadow pretty much and, and coming out of the forest but i remember getting to the bottom of the final ascent into the into the objective. I remember looking up and just it felt so steep. It looked impossibly steep. It looked like with my pack and everything, I was gonna fall over backwards and just roll back down. And it took me so long to get up. I, I I've never felt like it before again. Like it, it, so some of the steepest things that I've experienced out here in the east in my hunting adventures and in, in, in back in the backcountry without without a trail, like. The, the, the same equivalent of stuff that I legitimately can't get up this looked like one of those and I don't know how everybody was getting up there but I finally started side-hilling and getting up there I finally made it up there my left-year-old body was in just pure like just exhaustion I don't know how I made it up this thing I, I I must have been much tougher than I imagined I was because looking back in my memories this was just a ginormous like ascent like it, it looked like it wasn't like it almost looked like it was like 85 degrees up like it was insane but I got up to the top and and I didn't know what the whole thing with Pike's peak was. I didn't know this, but the whole point of it is that you're, when you get up there, you're literally at the feet of the Teton mountains, just these glorious, just rocky, just, just sheer faces of just, just this of just pure ancient rock, just jutting up out of the earth and just snow capped even in the middle of July, like where where we're looking out straight, obviously isn't completely straight, but just, it's it's snowy from basically head to toe, and they're just towering over you, and the clouds are just building all through in this majestic you know carnivorous dragon like way, and they're right there the whole majesty you get this whole three sixty view it 's not even just like you're seeing them in the horizon, like they're within however many miles, and there's just these huge mountains and there's a there's a there's a coin you can kiss for good luck and You're just, it's such a rewarding experience. It was just, I just remember looking up and down and just looking for paths and trying to find animals in there and seeing things. And then I remember standing there already eating my snacks, ready to go home. I remember standing there and then right to the right ish, like, like basically like not the mount, not, not the peak that was in front of us, but to the right. I remember just shimmering down that face was, we saw lightning just hit that lightning and all of us as different troops just immediately without skipping a beat picked up our packs turned around and said okay goodbye and just like ran down the hill it was it was insane and so the rain caught up to us and this is the part that we got really really stuck at we got really stuck and lost about halfway back because the gps wasn't working as right as well because the rain and and we were just kind of guessing and so we were getting really pissed. My dad was really upset. Um, I remember me and a kids sitting down every once in a while and then the, the camp counselor kept chastising, like, don't sit down. Don't sit down. I know you're exhausted. Don't sit down. You're going to waste more energy. And we were like, fuck that. So we kept going, kept going, kept sitting down and we finally made it back to camp and we were the last troop to make it back. And everyone's like, where the hell were you? And we're like, we got lost. We made it. And so it was, it was such a grueling experience. Oh my gosh. It was insane. Um Yeah, and so that was that was the day hike. And then And then other than that, I mean you had free time. So you could go shooting in your free time. You could go archery shooting in your free time. You could go can- you could go canoeing, you could go kayaking, you could do anything like that. Um and before I get to the last thing, I think it was I think it's the last night that they do the whole bonfire thing. Um, I got to take a break right now. I gotta, I, I'm gotta. doing this on my lunch break, and so I, I got to get back to work. So I'm going to give you guys another little transition, and then I'm going to finish up everything. and I'm going to go into things that I remember from the second excursion up to Camp Lowell. And so I'm going to go over that in some more deeper detail. So if you guys are entertained, please just hold on for a couple seconds. I, I'm, I'm doing this the best I can. Okay, so I'm on my home on my way home, driving, so I'm going to try and finish this up in the next couple of minutes. So, um, blah. So, as going on with things to do with the um, second time, so essentially everything was kind of the same uh, as in on the drive in, because I was, a, uh, uh, I I want to say I was like 13 at this point. Yeah, I had to have been 13 at this point. So I, I had skipped a year essentially, and when I went to a different scout camp in between, but still, I um, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm like scatterbrained right now. Um, so essentially, the drive was this similar experience. The, everything was r- r- around about the same ex- similar experience. I um. I still tried to kick ass in um, rifle shooting. I still tried to kick ass and just about everything else I tried to do. Kept the normal stuff. Um, but what ended up being different at first was the... I think the only thing that I really remember being different in the first time, other than purely the fact that the weather was so much better the second time. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to diverge back into the original... So the original time we went, the first time, it rained us out like four, three to four days out of like five or six that we were there. So it was a, it wasn't a miserable experience though. Like we didn't really mind, but like I remember it being Thursday and it being rainy as all get out. And so we took that upon us. They canceled all the, they canceled all of the, um, Classes and they canceled everything that was going on just because of the rain. It was so heavy, so we spent the entire day playing an assortment of games. We were just, we were just, we were just going everywhere. We were doing everything all in camp, and we just enjoyed time with one another. I remember playing a game called Egyptian Rat Screw, which essentially is like slapjack with bonus ways to get the cards mixed with war. It, it's it's. It's an interesting card game it's it's very violent and very aggressively competitive. It's very fun. I'll explain it in another podcast if you guys would like, or just another post of the rules. but we um I just remember being so rainy, so wet, and just we just absolutely were just slogged in, so it was that bad I, w- I was like making little tree boats that ran all the way through camp but so aside from that. The weather was a lot better, but I took the badge class of Wilderness Survival, which is another really popular one, and so I took it with a couple of friends, and, you know, we learned our fire starting, we did all this, this, and that, and then, as a requirement, they make you make a overnight little shelter that you don't spend in your tent, but you can make it as elaborate or as simple as, as you'd like. I don't know, there's some emergency going on, everybody. Sorry, but, um, you can make the thing as little or extravagant as you'd like, and so me and a friend teamed up, and we didn't use a tarp. I don't believe, but we made this insanely intense uh, um, little shelter of just leaves and sticks, and it it was it was not triangular, but it, it wasn't rectangular either. But it was kind of in between both. It was kind of weird, but. We um shoot, I'm sorry, there's like so many cops and going down the way, I usually go this is insane. I don't know what's going on. I'm pretty sure here on the 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 news later, but I remember that night was so cold, and this is middle of July again, and it was just so cold. I remember having to pee so bad this entire time. I just remember having this so much fun of this experience, and you know, I got really hooked on making little shelters all you know uh, for the for for other camps that I've been on and. I've done a lot of things with that, you know, trying to improve my bushcraft. But you know what? There was that, and then I don't remember there being a Highland Games, but I do remember there was another huge event that happened. But I do remember that the second time I went there, that I ended up doing the mile, two mile swim, whatever it is. I'm, I'm I'm completely blinking on the amount of miles it used to be. It's it's how long I've thought of. I haven't forgotten about it, but. I remember actually completing it at that time, and actually, like, achieving something. But, I, um, other than that, nothing else was really that different at all. But, um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pause this, everybody, just for a moment. Sorry, everybody, that was, uh, my wife calling. I, I just realized you guys can hear the ringtone coming in so I'm kind of embarrassed about that but whatever I'm going to keep it in because it's real life right now but um, basically everything kind of went the same the second time around just a couple more achievements just a couple more things learned really enjoyed my time with that as well now I'm going to go into what the last night is I guess I think it's the last night or the second to last night is it's the giant bonfire it's the closing ceremonies so to speak of everything and this is where things really get serious where you sometimes you as a troop um get assigned to do some skits to represent what you did that week uh some awards are passed out among the staff among other people uh some other achievements can be portrayed a lot of it's kind of improv um all the skits and all the songs you learn this is where it all comes together from the staff tons of stories and i remember I remember especially the first time because the, these two memories kind of really merge together these two different separate occasions on these so I'm going to do my best to kind of separate them so the first one I just remembered because it's backcountry like backcountry Wyoming so there's n- hardly any if any light pollution going on so you just have this sprawling starscape of just absolute just cosmic wonder and beauty just emanating down from the sky and you just and, you know, I could just watch the stars all night and reflecting up in the water. And I remember it was the first place I ever really saw a satellite moving through the sky, and it freaked me out. I have no idea why it freaked me out so bad. I just was so curious to what that was, and it, like I was like, is that a spaceship? Is that a shooting star? What is that? And it was also one of the first places I ever saw a shooting star. So I was just like learning so many things about the cosmos itself and my place in it and how small it really is. But... And ever since then, I've always looked for shooting stars and, and satellites. Can I can even find them in middle of, I mean, not in downtown Buffalo, but middle of where I'm at here in Buffalo. But and then I remember, um, you know, having just some really formative, inspirational talks about character, a lot of things about uh, mental fortitude and and you know what it takes to be not only a scout but a good man and a good person in general um and and just you know started a lot of you know how to connect with nature and why being in such a natural spot and such a wild spot was so critical to being a scout or a person or spe- specifically my personage well foreign it is to me and i um my favorite thing from this whole thing though is that because I, I learned this terrifying story. And I don't know if you guys ever heard of the little green man, all covered in dust. You'll know what I'm talking about. Cause that's the first place I ever heard it. And it's one of the typical campfire stories has a jump scare. I'll, I'll probably end up telling it on this just for pure shits and giggles, but it's such a good one, especially around a campfire, especially near a Creek and a river. And, you know, we pull a setting and I'm not going to spoil it. Cause I'm definitely going to either tell it to, to, to you on this podcast, or you'll hear it somewhere else. You can just look it up, the little green man all covered in dust, and it was just it was such a perfect, terrifying experience. I nearly jumped out of my skin at it, and it was just a hilarious time. One of the first places I found that storytelling could really invoke true emotion. I became addicted for telling uh, campfire stories ever since. But and then um other than that, really, uh the rides home were always terrible because I didn't ever want to leave. Um camp Lowell gave you like provided bear boxes it's huge huge like nearly i don't know if it's cast iron but they're heavy metal boxes with giant latches and at least they used to and uh i don't know if they're really bear safe anymore but i, I remember thinking that there's no way a bear could get into this shit like this this is like fort knox tight but i remember we all had to put forth effort and every camp every camp had to pick up their bear box and bring it to I think it was the rifle range I I think it was that's where they were dumping them or that's where they were stored but I just remember it was so heavy It was for especially for an 11 year old boy I'm sure now it'd be a different story but it was just so enormously heavy and I remember just feeling like the first time I ever felt like like claws like my my hands turning into claws because all that effort and it was just so horrendous for my little body but and then you know that just didn't help anything but other than that, really, there wasn't anything else I can really remember as uh, a specific event from either of these times. Um, I thought I'd never forget a lot of things, but I'm, I i guess I did. I don't remember any fights other than with the kid at the Highland Games. I don't really remember anything else. No, it was confrontational with any of my fellow scouts. I remember getting really impressed with the scouting and really wanting to eventually be a scoutmaster myself. I I especially want to, my church is super, should still be for a while, should still be really in tune with the scouts. And, you know, they, they've incorporated it into their, um, their, uh, curriculum essentially for young, for, for the youth. Um, I don't know about the future of it because of what's happening and changing in this next year, but I hope nothing changes, but, um, I, uh, I just I really have always loved it, and it's been such a formative part about me and my dad's relationship. Um, even if you know it's kind of changed a little bit nowadays, but I uh, you know I've always wanted to do that. I've done other things in scouting that have taught me so many other lessons, and I'll talk about those in other podcasts. But I feel like I'm just sitting here promising you guys other podcasts. But it's essentially where I'm at here, in these early episodes. But I um I truly enjoy telling this story and telling formative things and. Mm-hmm. I I really do believe in the power of nature and, you know, as my personal therapy, I know it doesn't work for everybody necessarily, but I do believe that everybody can gain something from being outside. You know, you don't have to be a backcountry angler, hunter, adventurer to glean pure peace and pure civil, like, just peace of mind. You know, I, you, you need to get outside. You need to breathe. You need to you need to follow a squirrel up a trees with your eyes. You need to memorize a pattern of bark somewhere. You, you have to do something to connect yourself. You, there's so many issues and so many problems I've seen from people that just, they don't do it. They don't get outside. They don't even look out their window. They're obsessed with things on their iPad or their computer. And I'm not trying to bash technology into this extreme old person thing, but, you know, there's just so many things that we can do do to better ourselves there's so many other ways that we can do that and nature is certainly one of the many ways and you know like inst- you know, instead of like meditating through Instagram and looking at you know funny pictures or pretty women or men you know take that time to really take that time to really just relax and jump outside and have an adventure on your own and small little adventure meditative time it's truly it's truly one of the most formative things you can do in your life and I really, I promise you guys, if you really do try and just even just step outside on your porch and just try to find one small thing that catches your eye outside, that you're going to, you'll, you'll find some sort of peace with it. You'll find something you've never seen before. That, you know, just like the other day, I just, I found another little jungle right outside my work and, you know, I posted that to Instagram and there's so many little wonderment things you can find out there and it's just, it's so impactful to, your heart and your mind. And I really encourage any of you to try it. If you haven't really just try to find something small and, you know, keep it to yourself. You don't have to share it. You don't have to do anything like that. It's all for you. It's for your own personal growth, you know? So with that, I'm going to tie this all up and, uh, enjoy your guys' weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July. I'll try and post something about next week about what's going on in my life. I, I might be a week late just with everything that's going to be going on in my my job everybody's taking off so i gotta take care of everything so other than that um i really be safe be safe don't don't drive obviously you know and it, it's a wednesday for this fourth of july so it shouldn't be too big of a deal but you know stand up for you stand up for others if you see something wrong going on um you know i love america best place to be in the world at this point um you know Thank you to all the veterans that have done everything to let us have these 4th of July experiences and, and everything. And even these natural, uh, landscapes, you know, for free. Um, I, I appreciate your guys' service so much. I, um, thank you to also anybody that's ever done anything to better the world in their own separate way and impacted me. Um, other than that, everybody do something noteworthy, even if it's only to yourself.